Welcome to the Fight for Yourself podcast. I'm Michelle O'Connor, and I'm transforming my life one little choice at a time. Let's do this. Episode 15, Emotional Eating. I've felt really compelled lately to discuss hard things, the things that no one wants to talk about, but that we should be talking about. I was going to make a series of it on this podcast, but I really realized that this whole podcast is about that. Hard things that we don't want to talk about, that we can talk about, and we're shedding light on those things. Today, I want to shed some light on something that no one wants to discuss, which is emotional eating. People don't want to talk about it. They just don't, uh, at least not with me. I've tried to use myself, my experiences, my studies into our relationship to food and our bodies as a way to be relatable and someone that's easy to talk to about this kind of stuff. I've studied it for years, so it's my favorite subject, but most of the women that I encounter simply don't want to talk about it. The latest diet? Oh yeah, they're ready to chat about that. Digging into my process of losing the weight, trying to get me to tell them my secret? Sure. But those conversations go a little something like this. Wow, you look great. What's your secret? Tell me everything. And then I respond with, well, little by little, I changed my diet, my habits, and I started working out. But most of all, I've been working the most on my mind, my distorted thinking patterns. And working on that has made all the difference. And then their face changes, and I might even get a little eye roll. For most of these interactions, the conversation is over. But when I tell them that they can do any of those diets, but nothing will stick without looking at your emotions, your thinking, your relationship to food, I lose them. Every time. I started to really wonder what was happening there. My gut says it's because of several factors. We all want a quick fix. It's what we're fed in the media 100,000 times a day. This notion that there is some miracle cure for fat on our bodies that works in record time. The notion that just around the corner will be a super fast solution to finding forever happiness in being thin. Friends, I want to remind you of something that you already know in your gut. There is no magical solution for weight loss. And if you lose weight without dealing with the emotions and thought patterns that got you where you are, you will not be happy. Thinness does not make you happy. I know we often want to believe what we're being fed by the media-driven culture, that if we could just cut out carbs and lose the weight, we'll have the life we've always dreamed of. But it's not true. It's just not that simple. In my quest to study all things self-development, especially having to do with body, 
I've been playing sort of a game of follow the book. If I'm reading a book and it mentions another book, I read that one next. I take it as a sign. If I'm listening to a podcast and it mentions an author, I read one of their books next. I feel like it's the universe leading me where I need to go in my studies. Well, a few weeks ago, I was led to a book called This Messy, Magnificent Life, A Field Guide by Janine Roth. Whoa, did this woman resonate with me. She has spent a life working on her relationship with food and writing about it. I connected with her in just reading the introduction to the book. She seems like someone I want to hang out with and that I would love to talk with about emotional eating, or at least take one of her seminars. So maybe someday I'll do that. But until then, I'm studying her words front to back. She talks a lot about emotional eating and contends that weight serves a purpose for us, whether it's protection or padding that helps us relate to other people. It oftentimes serves as a friend when we feel alone, filling that hole that loneliness can create. It creates a barrier to uncomfortable feelings. This I know for sure. The dopamine that is released in your brain after binge eating puts you in a sort of blissed out state for a moment, even if it's just for a moment, that often feels much better than the awful feelings that are living underneath. So even though we may have some weight loss success with a diet, the results won't last unless we allow those emotions to come to the surface, be acknowledged and processed. I mean, we are humans and we're full of emotions and these emotions will force their way to the top in some way or another and we can push them down with drugs, with alcohol, with work with food. But let's get real. We will avoid letting those emotions happen and come to the surface and being acknowledged if we can help it at all. We have so many emotions, which is a beautiful, terrible thing. And as Janine Roth says, it makes for a messy, magnificent life. I am full of emotion like you are. Um, but I often say I feel things more than other people, which I feel like this is how everyone feels. There's so many feelings and thoughts going on at all the time. And sometimes we eat to deal with them. I loved this messy, magnificent life. And I'd like to read you a quote from the book uh, because it really resonated with me. And it was one of the, you know, hundred lines that I had underlined in the book because I just really understood what she was saying. She says, While it is the adult who decides to limit her food or eat the paleo diet or substitute good fats for trans fats, it is the ghost children, the ones that hid in the closet when our parents were fighting or whose breasts our uncles fondled or whose mother died when we were 10 who sabotaged the results. She says that if even a part of us is constellated around a painful story from the past, if we haven't named or allowed the feelings that accompany that story their due, then losing weight is like telling a small child that everything on which her survival depends has been ripped away. 
Not exactly a recipe for success. You know, the common behavior around emotional eating shows that it is compulsive, an addiction. Eating in secret, eating to the point of feeling sick, eating your feelings. It's the same as any other addiction. It's eventually destroying our body, but most importantly to me is the fact that it disconnects us from ourselves, from our thoughts, our feelings. And that is where the unhappiness lies. It keeps us distracted from our pain, but is really creating more pain in the end. It makes you feel good in the moment, and then you feel worse. There are consequences. And I really think it's crucial that we find the guts to look at our own behavior, really look at it, and become aware. And talk about it. Let's just talk about it. So many women that I've talked with want to avoid that awareness at all costs, which is what I'm seeing when I try to talk about this with my friends. My hope, though, is to talk about these hard subjects like emotional eating and keep talking about them so that we can all do the work that it takes to truly be happy and in a healthy body and mind that isn't burdened by the weight of ignoring our emotions and what's really going on in our inner life. When I bring this up to folks in person, most blow me off and deny that they are an emotional eater, and I'm not there to prove that to them, but I know that I'm not the only one, even when I'm bearing my soul about my experiences with it. So I did an anonymous poll online to see if I'd get the same results that I've gotten in person. And you know what? 85% of the respondents say they identify as an emotional eater. I knew it. I'm not alone, and neither are you. Let's keep talking about it, friends. Thank you for listening to my story. Every download means so much to me, and if this message means something to you, please write a review in iTunes, share our Insta posts, and check out fightforyourself.net if you need a little inspiration. Remember, reviews and iTunes mean we reach more people with a message of everyday empowerment. Thank you for listening to this one, and I hope you stick with me for future episodes because I have so much more to say.